Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. All right, everybody, welcome back. It is another edition of the Announcer Schedules Podcast, episode 32 is here mike gill phil demont mollin he is the voice the face the handle at announcer skeds we are back with episode 32 don't forget like rate review subscribe five stars all across the board that helps get us up the list and that you can get this out to your friends and people who want to hear more about the announcing world we got a big show for you this week super wild card weekend in the books the divisional round is here. Some interesting stories, NBA, NHL, you name it, we got it. It's all right here on episode 32 of the Announcer Schedules podcast. Phil DeMont Mollen is back, and of course, Phil does all the tracking of all those broadcasters. When you see them tweeted out, it is coming from Phil DeMont Mollen. How are you, man? I'm doing great. Yeah, you know, another week, episode 32 you know as the the grateful dead song goes the music never stops and in our case the the announcer news never stops it just keeps on coming yeah i know that um a lot of stuff this week that we want to get into the games we had super wild card weekend which gave us some great endings so we had some definite uh conversations to have on some of these calls and some of the broadcasts we'll get into that so let's kick it off with the nfl who had their wild card weekend and uh, really great games all across the board uh, the Seattle-San Francisco game, maybe of, well, the, the Monday night game was probably the weakest game of them all. Uh, Seattle was winning at halftime. That was the Joe Davis, Daryl Johnson, Pam Oliver, Christina Pink team. And uh, Joe Davis making his, you know, uh, kind of uh, step onto the national stage during the World Series this year. Uh, and now he has the wild card round. Yeah, I, I was able to catch a, a bit of this, and I thought Joe Davis did a perfectly fine job and uh Seahawks Niners as you said you know not really a, a competitive game for for a lot of it but uh yeah you know um Davis 
continues to get these big spots. Uh, we'll see him in action again this weekend coming up since Fox has two games. And yeah, Joe Davis, Daryl Johnson, and then they had the the two sideline reporters, uh, Pam Oliver and Christina Pink. Let's get a sample of Joe Davis, 49ers Seahawks on Fox. Than it looked like it was going to. They'll let him throw again. Wide open, Debo Samuel. Got a block from George Kittle. Debo Samuel, there he goes. Foot on the gas, all the way. Touchdown, San Francisco. A 74-yarder. Uh, there you go, Joe Davis and... Uh, uh, Daryl Johnson, they'll have the Eagles-Giants this week, that team, by the way. More on the schedule for the week. But Joe Davis, I thought, really good call. I like Joe. Joe is starting to grow on me. You know, things that are new, you're trying to reevaluate. Foot on the gas! I really like uh, how he enunciates and gives it to you. Yeah, and, and Davis and Johnston, you know, working together all season long, you know, certainly seem to have, have meshed nicely. And, yeah, I think that was a, a – you know, remember back we were trying to figure out who was going to be the analyst with with Davis and uh, going through those possibilities and that kind of thing. And, you know, they went with what a lot of people thought is a, a very kind of safe choice in, in Daryl Johnston because he's been around for a while on – on a number of these different teams, and I think it was a good choice. I think these two have worked really well together all year long. Yeah, uh, Joe Davis, Daryl Johnson, again, they'll do Eagles-Giants this week. Uh, Chargers in Jacksonville, this is the NBC Emeritus, Al Michaels game, Tony Dungy, Kylie Hartung. Obviously, uh, some criticism about this pairing here. Al Michaels, I really, you know, I didn't really watch the game and think, man, Al's lost it. But, you know, the energy between Dungy just has low energy. He's not a real energetic guy, and but he gives good information. It's just I think he's better suited for the studio. But the last play of the game I definitely think could be talked about more. Yeah, you know, this is such an interesting topic, and uh, it certainly got a lot of uh, buzz through the weekend. Um, you know, there's a story with Andrew Marshan where, where Al Michaels actually, you know, in a text conversation was able to kind of get back with him on on, on quite a bit of, you know, the, the criticism and that kind of thing. And, you know, I, I want to preface this, and I'm not the only one who, who thinks this, that Al Michaels is one of my favorite all-time announcers, no doubt about it. Like, uh, he's one of my guys, you know, who I just love listening to. Yeah. And in this case, I agree with the 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 um, premise that Dungy, the pairing with Dungy was what what dragged it down, you know, and what the issue was. And, you know, it made me think a little bit what were maybe the other possibilities. Yeah, I was going to and... ask you, Phil, I mean, you know, the stable of guys over there probably, um, you know, who could they have gone to? Let's first play the call. Uh, because really, you know, I don't think the – I mean, yes, the lower energy you had, uh, you know, the game is exciting. But here's the last call. I'll point out something that I think Al did way too much of here. Likely on Kansas City. Here we go for the win. Got it, but there's a flag down. There's a flag down as everybody's running out onto the field. But there's a penalty marker. And they call it on the defense. All right, so it's very ho-hum. Okay, here we go. I mean, this is a historic comeback here. By the way, from a Dale Routon franchise who won four games, they have the number one pick. I mean, you got to set this up. Here's a team down 27 nothing. 
four games last year. They fire their coach. They bring in Doug Peterson. Can they finish off this immaculate win? And all he's focused on is there's a flag on the play. Just I, I was really disappointed in that game where we were all like, my God, this is an unbelievable comeback, and it didn't match. Yeah, you know, and part of it might have been, it sounded like there was a little bit of confusion as far as what was going on down there, and that can kind of throw a wrench in things. You know, again, like, that call aside, you know, I think that the Dungy pairing, yeah. um, you know, so created a lot of this. Let's talk about that. Uh, you know, Dungy's the guy they go with. Did they have someone else on staff in mind that they could have possibly – uh, brought in well we talked about this earlier uh on our podcast episodes back when collinsworth had the voice issue if you remember that way back beginning of the season might have been week one if i if i remember correctly and you know collinsworth had done uh two games games in, in one weekend uh, and his voice was suffering to a point that it was like wow I can't believe he's, he's he's powering through this game and we had kind of brainstormed a little bit as far as who else is in the NBC depth chart that they could have maybe you know moved into this role you know I guess they could have used uh you know Tony Dungy uh looking back on it but you know Collinsworth wanted to do the game apparently and in 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 fact did the game so we never saw what that contingency plan was but that being said there weren't many options when we kind of went through the possibilities you know um NBC doesn't have another package throughout the year um you know they they suddenly have this you know second game you know come the playoffs and uh Al Michaels in that emeritus role as the play-by-play announcer now you think about nbc uh notre dame coverage you know jason garrett you know was the the analyst there and you know he is very limited in his experience and in fact you know that was a broadcast that got quite a bit of scrutiny throughout the year as far as you know um being maybe a little uh unpopular with with certain viewers and that kind of thing so you know i don't know if if, if garrett would have made sense necessarily well, now the, the one i would like to bring up the second quick, straight Mike. year real quick phil this is the second straight year that nbc's number two team I mean, last remember drew Brees was getting killed for the, his game with Tariko. That's right. And, you know, part of it is, again, I, I don't think, you know, that this is sort of nurtured throughout the season, you know, or and they don't have the inventory to do that as far as getting prepared for this game. Right. Now, the question that kept on popping in my head is how different would the broadcast have been if Herb Street was the analyst with Michaels? you know, who was Michael's partner, you know, throughout the Amazon Prime package. Would that have even been possible with all the contracts and that kind of thing? Who knows? Right. Obviously, there's a lot of untangling to do. You know, he's at ESPN. He's also with Amazon. Is ESPN? I think it's more the ESPN that would have the issue of letting him go to NBC, although his college duties are are pretty much done. Could they have let him do a one-off? Right. But hypothetically, just from a style standpoint, Consider how that would have been different. You know, they they worked together all season long, so obviously had the chemistry. Herb Street brings a certain you know um, uh, gravitas and also energy to to the to the call and that kind of thing. And there would have been the storyline that these two have suffered through you know um, insufferable <laughs> you know, games all season long, games that you know have, have been. Uh, 
uncompetitive. That was a storyline in the media all season long that the Amazon Prime games have been been boring and whatnot. And, you know, Michael's had to, to live with them and all this stuff. And then finally, you know, in, in, in incredible second half in this game and, and, you know, a lot of excitement. So there could have been that element to it, too. But again, like, who knows, like with the contracts, if that would have even been possible. Now, Kaylee Hartung, um, you know, who was exclusively working with Amazon Prime, to the best of my knowledge, did come over with Michaels and was the sideline reporter for this game. Um, you know, but all that being said, there I don't think there's that many possibilities. Now, I do need to give a shout out to Ian Castleberry, who is a writer who's been covering sports media for a long time with the Barrett uh, Sports Media Group uh, these days. And he raises a, a good possibility moving forward, which is, if if you recall... Noah Eagle and Todd Blackledge were signed by NBC to come over and do that uh, Big Ten broadcast now that NBC has those rights. And whether those two down the road may be the the tandem or, you know, you know, if there's if Michaels is being used again next year, if Blackledge might be the guy, you know, as far as a color analyst. But as far as the current options at NBC, you know, they're, they're, they're really limited to the other guys who might be on that studio show, um, you know, and maybe a, a Jason Garrett and or maybe you, you know, go into the, you know, the the well a, le- a little further and maybe find one of these guys who's been doing maybe radio work or a veteran uh, analyst type of thing. But, you know, there, there aren't a ton of options, but it sort of is like the perfect storm of, you know, these guys not working together all year long, NBC not having a second game in the package, not having a bunch of depth as far as football analyst. And um, so Dungy and Michaels, we saw what that, um, you know, was, was all about. And, you know, in, you know, the, the uh, reaction from, you know, the viewers and the listeners out there, you know, certainly, you know, isn't a necessarily positive one that it was a, a, a great broadcast. No, nope, uh, I agree. And it looks it, it, just because you didn't have a great broadcast doesn't mean you haven't been great. I think Al's been great. I think Al um, this year got dealt some bad games, so maybe he wasn't at his best. Having a great game helps make you great. He's had a ton of great ones over the year. Uh, I think the pairing – look, when you work with a new guy – I don't know that Al and Tony Dungy have ever worked together, quite frankly. I, I don't have any recollection of them ever being together because Al would always be in the top pairing with Collinsworth uh, during his recent time at NBC. Dungy uh, obviously has only been at NBC, so he, I don't know when he would have ever worked with Al. You give him that guy for the first time, and Dungy doesn't have a lot of game experience. He has been a studio guy, and there's a different you, – you see the different element between studio guy and game uh, analyst, and I think Tony – does a really good job in the studio. Being at the game is not his strong suit. While he gives good information, he doesn't really get it out quickly. You know, it's slow and concise, um, and that's a difficult transition to make to work with a new guy in that setting. And then you have a great game, but the game isn't great the whole time. It becomes great only at the end. You know, I read something that the Chargers led for 97% of the snaps in that game. So it wasn't a great game. It was just a great result. I mean, so uh, interesting. We'll see what uh, NBC goes with moving forward there. Will Al Michaels even be back at Amazon next year? There's been some speculation, you know, does he even want to finish the contract out? He's got a three-year deal. uh, So we'll see if Al Michaels decides, you know what? Those games are so bad on Thursday night. I've had it. Uh, Thanks for playing. And maybe we only see him in that playoff game. Who knows? 
Uh, yeah, right. and, and in that that Ian Castleberry story, he also points out that Michaels likely will call at least one more wild card playoff game for NBC in that emeritus role since he intends to work on the 2024 Paris Summer Olympics. Got it. So, yeah, so there, there at least is one more season, you know, that, you know, Michaels needs a, um, you know, analyst alongside him, you know, to 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 do another one of these these playoff games. I do want to mention Kaylee Hartung. I thought she did a great job. Um, and, you know, I, I don't want to be too harsh on the, the broadcast as a whole, because I think it was just the the style of the the you know, the two guys in the in the booth that, you know, what's perhaps the issue, but Hartung, I thought did, did a great job. You know, um, you know, people who've been tuning into Amazon prime, got to see her again, to kind of to review. She had been on the news side for, for um, quite a few years after getting um, her start on the sports side with ESPN. And uh, yeah, you know, she had an interview post game with a couple of the Jaguars, which was really cool. And, you know, obviously, uh, you know, wild comeback uh you know there in, in in jacksonville and you know so yeah you know we, we we move on you know there's only one nbc game coming up this weekend so no longer an issue necessarily and and uh we keep on rolling all right uh miami and the bills another good game back and forth they went they traded blows in the middle of the ring jim nance tony romo tracy wolfs and jay feely uh on the call yeah you know I do want to mention Jay Feely because uh, we didn't mention him last, uh, you know, show when we were previewing the upcoming games. And, you know, CBS has done this for a couple seasons now where they bring in Feely as a kicking analyst, you know, for these games with the number one team of Nance Romo and Wolfson. And, you know, it's kind of a cool element, you know, as far as, you know, when a – you know, field goal is, you know, coming up or perhaps when they're getting into field goal range, um, you know, certainly things like onside kicks and, and and stuff like that. You know, he can really get into the minutia of that kicking position. So, you know, just wanted to mention, you know, that Jay addition to this number one team is, you know, is an interesting kind of uh, approach. And, you know, certainly one more resource, sort of similar to, you know, the resource you have with the rules analyst uh, available as well. Yeah, I know, uh, you know, just scrolling through the social media feed on uh, during that game, you know, Tony Romo was a guy who was almost universally loved in the beginning. And now I feel like nobody likes Tony Romo. I feel like, you know, remember last week I talked about McAfee, now, I don't think Romo's been has overexposure problem, but uh, it just seems that a lot of people thought Romo was very pro Josh Allen in the game. I see a lot of people upset that he's got the call on the Josh Allen Bills game again this week because people thought he was way too pro. Uh, but Romo, interesting, you know, he was a guy that really turned the industry on its head when he got that contract. It really was the domino that got all these booths changed to what we now have. So you can thank Romo for really the setup of what he had. He broke the bank. It got Aikman over to ESPN. It got Buck to follow him. It got uh, Michaels to Amazon. Uh, and uh, here are all the booths that we have set up here. So um, one, one more mention, Mike, as far as uh, that number one CBS team. Jim Nance, by the way, uh, got a major, major award um you know, just a couple of days prior to that Dolphins Bills game, uh, he won the Gerald R. Ford Award, which was given at the NCAA convention down in 
San Antonio. Um, you know, basically, this is like the top award as far as an individual who advocates for college athletics. And he was down there. Um, actually, I had a couple students here um, at Brevard College in, in North Carolina who made the trip as, um, you know, representatives of, of the uh, student athlete uh, committee. And they got a chance to meet Jim Nance and, and take a photo with him. So that was really cool as far as him spending time with the, the, the students at this event. And then he gets on an airplane and goes to Buffalo to, to call this game. But just wanted to give a shout out to, to Jim Nance. Well-deserved award, obviously, with, with all the work he's done over the years, especially with the NCAA tournament. All right. And this will be his last NCAA tournament, we think, uh, according to reports. So, uh Obviously, uh, we're going to lose Nance on that big stage. Let's go to Giants and Vikings, Burkhart, Olsen, Andrews, Rinaldi. This is your Super Bowl team. They got their first crack at really, um, you know, being the number one team this year. Great reviews for Olsen. And then Burkhart, obviously, with Olsen. They've known each other for a while. A pretty solid pairing here. Yeah, solid pairing. You've got the two uh, veteran uh, sideline reporters as well, and Aaron Andrews and, and Tom Rinaldi. And I didn't catch any of this game. I, I was was busy doing other things, but I did see the reaction when it came to Olsen, as you, you touched on. And, you know, it seemed like, you know, people are, are, you know, just kind of fell in love with him. They, you know, you know, he had gotten praise throughout the regular season, but this was at a different level you know, in this wild card game. Yeah. And it's an interesting situation for him, obviously with Brady kind of looming, he's handled it. Well, he's talked about it on different podcasts and what are they going to do with him when he goes? Because of all the guys, I feel like he got the best reviews this weekend. And, you know, we talked about a couple of weeks ago about what position he was a tight end. He was probably the least known uh, player of these number one booths. Um, but you know, he does a really solid job. Uh, I like Olsen. I think he does a good job. Him and Burkhart, you know, it just, uh, when they get to that big stage, I think, is when people will get a chance to really hear him. And then what Fox does with him down the road, that will be kind of interesting. Uh, they had a good game there as well, Giants and Vikings. And then Ravens and Bengals. You had NBC's number one team, Tariko Collinsworth and Melissa Stark. Yeah, th- this is the game I actually, you know, probably caught the the most of. And, you know, it it was a chance to really see just how good – Tariko is, you know, I, I thought he was, he was tremendous and, uh, you know, just the right amount of, you know, words and energy and excitement and, uh, obviously just, uh, a, a master at his craft really. Yeah. Take a listen. This is the key play in the game. How Mike Tariko described it. There's Mike Tirico, uh in just kind of shock, right? I mean, when that play happened, we're all watching it like, what are we watching right now? And I think he uh, nailed it, actually. Yeah, I, I think so, too. And, you know, worth noting, uh, Chris Collinsworth, his partner, knows exactly when to, to lay out and not interrupt things, no matter how excited you might be. It's it's sort of like the visual of uh, imagine having a, a, a seatbelt on and uh, you're trying to jump out of the you know the the airplane seat with that seatbelt on but you can't because yeah. the seatbelt's on you you better you know lay lay off and, and let that play-by-play announcer make that call in full yeah I think Tariko here's the final play of the game he, he hits this pretty well too the season comes down to this in his car end zone intercepted Jermaine Pratt has 
has it. And for the first time in 31 years, Cincinnati, your Bengals have won a playoff game. So this is the game from last year, and the reason I play that is because he talks about Pratt getting the interception. And I want to point out at the job that Tarico does, there's a moment in the game where there's a pass where Pratt almost gets the interception. And he says Pratt almost makes the same play that he made one year ago on this field where he seals the deal. I mean, the recollection to know that Pratt was the guy almost in the same spot on the field. There was another moment in the game where he talks about Tucker missing six field goals this year. And then he says, but three of them were 50 yards and three of them were blocked. So he just added that extra, like he missed six, but three were from 50 and three were blocked kicks. So he's not just missing, you know, 35 yards. I thought Tarico really had a good night. Yeah. You know, adding that sort of context and a lot of it has to do with prep. You know, we've talked a lot about prep and preparation in the broadcast you you know you you um, often wonder at least I'm kind of visualizing when I see some of these calls you know do they have uh you know a note uh, right there on their spotters board you know if if indeed you know the you know the Bengals win the game this is what I'm going to go with sometimes yes sometimes no but so much of it is is preparation and um you know, just research and getting ready and obviously having, you know, the right people around you, you know, who knows whether, you know, uh, Tarico had that field goal note handy or if, a, you know, stats guy uh, handed it to him right there on the spot. Um, regardless, it makes for a great listen for the audience. Well, and then obviously if that's the case, uh, the entire broadcast team, uh, obviously we want to give mention to, but if the producer or somebody sitting there says, hey, Here's the stat, and here's some more facts on it. That's a great job by them as well because that really adds to um, the, the play-by-play. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at so, all right, uh, finally, Fred Galdelli's final game. This is big news. You know, you know, you're a guy who works behind the scenes on what producers mean to these broadcasts. Yeah, you know, and this is, I mean, universally considered one of one of the the absolute best in the business over the years. Uh, Thirty three seasons um, in NFL primetime package has had Fred Godelli in the producer's chair, and. Uh, yeah, you know, my, Al Michaels for, for 33 of those seasons has been in the booth with him. In fact, uh, he began producing games back in, in uh, NFL uh, games in 1990. Uh, if you remember ESPN Sunday Night Football, you know, he did that for 11 years, uh, then moved into the Monday Night Football truck with ABC. And, uh, you know, I was I was doing a little more reading on Gadelli. You know, he's he's retiring now. He's at age 62. But in all those years, he's only worked with three play-by-play announcers. Uh, Mike Patrick at, at ESPN, Al Michaels, and, and now Mike Tirico. You know, so that's uh, pretty interesting as far as you can only imagine that the chemistry 
that he's got with these these specific announcers when he's able to you know do that many games year in year out with them um you know uh he went over to, to amazon prime and and uh you know uh worked um that package this year as well and certainly you know we talked a lot about that as far as that show having such a great look and feel to it and such a big time you know approach despite as we've talked about as well you know you know not being necessarily the best games but you know in terms of the competition on the field but the the look was great and um yeah just want to give a, a big hat tip to, to one of the best in the business i'm sh- i'm sure there's so many tentacles as far as his sort of coaching tree as far as other producers out there you know who have learned from fred and you know hope he enjoys his retirement yeah an incredible important person in live sports and they did do a nice tribute to him on the broadcast, and he did not acknowledge the camera at all. I mean, he did not give a wave, nothing. He just kept on focusing. Um, so uh, that's, uh, you know, a big loss for the sports broadcasting uh, industry. Uh, Fred Gaudelli. Tampa Bay, Dallas is the uh, ABC, ESPN, Joe Buck, Aikman, Lisa Salters, plus you had the Manning cast. So uh, this is – the first of ESPN's, they're going to have an extra game next year. This was the Monday night game. They're going to have a game in the divisional round next year, too, with this crew. Yeah, so uh, Buck and Aikman, you know, uh, John Lewis over at Sports Media Watch pointed out that, you know, this is the earliest that Buck and Aikman's season has ever concluded, you know, because when they were with, with Fox, they would obviously go uh, deep into the playoffs and oftentimes Super Bowl calls as well. But, you know, they they handled the Monday night football call. Obviously, a lot of excitement for this one, you know, uh, big uh, viewership because of the matchup Cowboys versus uh, Tom Brady. And uh, yeah, you know, as far as on the field, the game didn't you know um amount to all that much with sort of a blowout uh nature to it uh however obviously the the big storyline of you know the cowboys ad- ad- advancing on and also the buccaneers and, and tom brady and all the speculation about him all right well let's get into tom brady because what's next for him does he play he's got that contract what does fox do with them some people have speculated he'll never call a game um it's now that he loses that game the way that he does does he say you know what the boot doesn't sound all that bad where do we go with Tom Brady from here? You know, I, I don't cover, um, you know, the NFL, and I, I'll defer to the reporters who actually have, you know, sort of some inside tracks on some of this. But even them, I don't know if they know the answer either. You know, he does have the 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 contract in place with Fox, and I've mentioned it time and time again. You know, that initial press release said that, you know, Tom Brady will will join the booth immediately upon his retirement. And, and you know, the the Burkhart Olsen team has worked out so well that you, you know, you you'd, you'd like to, you know, at least from me, just sort of um from a 10,000 feet view, wouldn't want to disrupt that at all if 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 I was in charge. But you know, there there's there's really no telling. You know, most of the speculation I see is that he's gonna come back and and play another season you know who knows where and so that would kind of uh shelf this for for at least a year as far as the booth goes and you know in most of the coverage as far as you know um reports and speculation and, and that kind of thing the booth isn't mentioned all that much you know it it seems to be you know like you said he might might never you know take advantage of that contract or or two come back and play yeah i mean uh i think he's going to come back and play but some people that I've talked to in the broadcasting business, they don't think he'll ever call a game. Um, others say, yeah, he might do some, you know, 
appearances, some studio stuff, but um, you know that that contract was more to have him in the room for sales. You know, hey, Tom Brady's here. Ford, do you want to sign on to for the NFL this year? Um, that kind of stuff, more so than being the actual 17-game game analyst and traveling all over. We'll see. No one really knows what that contract really entails and what he needs to do with it. But what's next for Tom Brady uh, with uh, his final game of the season uh, in the books? All right, the divisional round this weekend. Let's go through who's got what. Yeah, so Jacksonville at Kansas City kicks things off on NBC on Saturday. Uh, That's the 4.30 p.m. uh, Eastern time kickoff. Uh, Number one NBC crew, Tariko Collinsworth-Stark, naturally uh, will handle that one. And then up your way, Giants and Eagles, uh, prime time on Saturday night, 8 o'clock Eastern kickoff on Fox Joe Davis, Daryl Johnston, and then the two sideline reporters, Pam Oliver and Christina Pink. So we see uh, Joe Davis for a second straight week. And then Sunday's games, 3 o'clock kickoff on CBS. Uh, That's the Bengals at the Bills. Uh, Nance, Romo, Wolfson, and Feely, the the kicking analysts. And then Cowboys at Niners is the primetime Sunday game, 6 o'clock Eastern time on Fox the number one Fox team, Burkhart, Olsen, Andrews, and Rinaldi there. All right. Uh, so there's your divisional round. And uh, Westwood, one, we know has all the playoffs on the radio. That's going to be Kevin Harlan, Trent Green, Olivia Decker on uh, Saturday afternoon. Saturday night, Kevin Kugler, Ross Tucker, Laura Oakman will be on the sideline. Ian Eagle, Mike Mayock, and Ross Tucker for the game in Cincinnati. So uh, Tucker will get back-to-back. He'll be in Philadelphia and then in Buffalo, uh, Philadelphia Saturday night, then Buffalo for the early game on Sunday. That's a rough uh, travel right there. And then uh, Ryan Radke, Mike Golick, Ed Werder, uh, ESPN letting Westwood 1, uh, lending them Ed Werder for the game. How about that as he'll get the Dallas-San uh, Francisco game? Yeah, Ed Werder, you know, and obviously an expert uh, when it comes to the Cowboys. So I'm sure that'll be uh, beneficial to that Westwood One audience. Hey, we've said it a thousand times, you know, I can't emphasize enough just, you know, how solid these Westwood One and national radio calls are. If you get the chance, you might want to, you know, um, you know, turn it up while you're 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 watching the game on TV or if you're in your car, make sure you you tune in and that kind of thing. I mean, they really do a solid job, you know, including the studio shows, you know, hosted, you know, on the NFL side uh, by Scott Graham. Uh, Kevin Winter does a lot of the, the the studio work as well. Really enjoy listening to to him. Um, our buddy Mark Kessischer, you know, is, is all over the place with, with um, you know, uh, uh, on the ESPN side with, with Kevin Winter. So I enjoy them on the studios, but Scott Graham on the Westwood one studio. And uh, yeah, you know, like I look at this lineup again, we talked about this last week when they went six deep, you know, again, Harlan, Kugler, Eagle, Radke, and then that stable of analysts and uh, sideline reporters as well. I mean, they, they've got a, a great group there and um, yeah, you know, it's, it's going to be fun to, to um, uh, see them in action again this weekend. All right, there you go, radio stuff there. MLB, uh, excuse me, uh, NBA on MLK, uh, they had their day. I mean, obviously, I love it. Uh, I think they do a great job with that, games all day. Um, you got afternoon basketball. Really, the sport gets a chance. You had a lot of afternoon hockey that day as well, but uh, the NBA on MLK has been a staple for years, and the NBA took advantage of it uh, with some great teams. 
Yeah, you know, I, I got to work a few MLK Day games over the years down in Miami with the, with the Miami Heat, and it is a really meaningful, you know, special atmosphere at an NBA arena on Martin Luther King Day. And if you, if anybody out there hasn't been to a game wherever you, you may reside on that day, I, I encourage you to do so because it, it really is a, a kind of a powerful tribute and, and reflection. Um, yeah, and then there was a couple, you know, national games on, on TNT. Uh, Kevin Harlan, Reggie Miller, and Chris Haynes uh, did that Heat Hawks game. I was able to catch some of that. Then Sp- Spiro, um, Didis, Grant Hill, and Stephanie Reddy were on the Suns Grizzly games where, uh, you know, uh, Morant continues to be the story there. <laughs> Talk about, you know, an opportunity for an announcer to cause some major highlights with that guy. Yeah, obviously, uh, Morant is uh, a lot of young players. There was uh, some uh, interesting conversation about, you know, all these young players in the league right now, uh, and uh, they're really putting John Morant up there as one of them. ESPN Radio, Mark Kessler and Corey Alexander uh, will get that Thursday Warriors-Celtics game. Uh, you've got, uh, you know, Friday, uh, which obviously leads us into the NHL, which uh, the NHL we mentioned. I, there was an afternoon because the Flyers played at 1 o'clock on uh, MLK Day. So the, the, the NHL also did uh, some early games that day. But the NHL now halfway through their season. Yeah, continuing to march on with, you know, TNT uh, and the ESPN package as well, you know, um, you're likely listening to this on Thursday or Friday. Uh, this past Wednesday, um, you know, more action was on TNT, Boston and the Islanders with Kenny Albert, and then Dallas and San Jose out west with Brendan Burke. And then there's a game on Thursday night on ESPN, uh, 9 o'clock Eastern time, uh, John Bucciagras, Ray Ferraro, and Leah Hextall reporting on that one. All right. Uh, you got that. You've got college basketball down the stretch. They come. We're into – uh, conference play now into the heart of that. And uh, we got some Jay Wright stuff. Yeah, Jay Wright continues to get reps, you know, and, and they've been using them with a couple of, of um, different play-by-play announcers. So that's probably beneficial also for him to kind of catch on to the different styles and, and that kind of thing. Um, I know Tom McCarthy, you know, did a game uh, with them. And then, you know, this past weekend, uh, Spiro Didis, uh, did a game with Jay Wright and in, in, uh, Bill Raftery. And Raftery actually went on to do uh, three games in three days. They were all all kind of up there in the Midwest. But, you know, I felt like I, you know, kept on going to the the uh, the Raftery uh, tweet, which is always fun, you know, to, to uh, let, let the world know that he's calling another game. And so, um, you know, the, the more the better, if you ask me when it comes to Bill Raftery. But cool to see that, you know, they're using that combination, Jay Wright, Bill Raftery, and, um, you know, getting right more and more comfortable, you know, calling these games in live action. Yeah, well, uh, you know, uh, Jay Wright, Bill Raftery, one of the best. But Jay Wright, I, as we talked about when the news was announced that he was going to call games, I had kind of predicted that, uh, he will be somebody that the, the listeners and the fans, college basketball fans, will enjoy hearing from. And I think you're getting that from Jay Wright. So more Jay Wright, Bill Rafferty, three games in three days. Uh, let's go to a, a little Mountain West, a little uh, West stuff. Uh, UNLV, Colorado State. We're going to take you through a play. The trigger. Floats ahead. Stevens with the catch. One second left. From half court, it goes. Retired at 70. Jackpot in for Isaiah Stevens. Yeah. 
Stevens ties it up. Off balance. More basketball in Vegas. All right, so there you go. It looks like you got the music in the background that makes you think it's an NCAA tournament. But uh, tell us a little bit about this Chris Lewis clip. Yeah, so so Chris Lewis, you know, this was on CBS Sports Network, and he's been getting um, all sorts of assignments with them. But I wanted to mention my my interaction with with Chris because I think it's a it's a great lesson for any young broadcaster who might be trying to break into the business. You know, I um, you know, as, as you know, you know, over the years, I've done a bunch of talent stats work, and there were there was a a stretch of a bunch of years where I was working with uh, play-by-play announcer Dave Lamont and analyst Ray Bentley. And we would get assigned quite often games out West. You know, we'd go to places like Boise. We go to Reno, Nevada. Uh, you know, we, we, we'd go to San Jose, all, all, all these uh, um, Mountain West type games and, and that kind of thing. And at least twice when we went out to a Mountain West game, uh, Chris Lewis, who at the time was a play-by-play announcer and had to be very young, either s- still in college or just out of college, but he was a play-by-play radio guy for Boise State women's basketball and would would fill in, you know, with with the uh, men's basketball team and that kind of thing. But he would do his best to get a behind-the-scenes gig with ESPN when we were coming into town. And it was either like a secondary stats job or even a, uh, you know, um, spotter type role. Um, you know, even if, you know, what I would recommend, you know, for somebody trying to, to bust in, even if, if uh, you know, runner is, is the job you can get, whatever it can be to kind of get you in the center of things and around the production crew. And I saw with my very eyes, Chris doing exactly that. And, you know, he, he obviously, you know, knew how a broadcast was supposed to unfold because he was a play-by-play announcer himself. But, um, you know, he was able to contribute a lot to the shows we were doing. But I think more than anything, he was getting his name and face out there and getting, you know, the the network going and that kind of thing. And, you know, just to see him, you know, um, you know, uh, a few years later, get this full-time gig with CBS Sports Network where he's he's calling, you know, NCAA basketball, um, you know, amongst other sports, uh, college football. He did he did some games this past season, I know. He also was a play-by-play announcer for some of NBC Sports um, Olympic coverage uh, for the 2020 Tokyo Games, you know, so, um, you know, he was able to, to get a gig there. So just a, a great example uh, for young announcers as far as, you know, the the way you can kind of get your foot in the door and get started in this business, which isn't easy to do, but it's also um, something that can be attained if you go about it the right way. All right. Uh, great story there and a lot of opportunities because, as you mentioned, there's where TV stuff. Uh, there's also a lot of college hoops on the radio and uh, multiple networks offering games. And uh, that means more jobs. Yeah, so College Hoops is really getting going on the radio. You know, we talked about Westwood One's depth. Um, you know, they did those um, six NFL playoff games last weekend during the Super Wild Card weekend. Well, they actually had a, another broadcast even on that Saturday. So make it seven Westwood One national broadcasts in three days because they had Jason Benetti and Steve Lapis on the Kentucky Tennessee game, which actually turned out to be a, a heck of a ball game, you know, as far as, you know, Kentucky knocking off Tennessee um, last Saturday. And then there's more Westwood One coverage of uh, this week upcoming, um, including a game on Thursday night 
Indiana at Illinois. Uh, Jason Ross and Fran Fraschilla on that one. A couple ESPN radio games on Saturday. Mike Cousins, former guest on the podcast with Bob Valvano on TCU Kansas. And then uh, Mark Kessischer and Mark Adams on Tennessee LSU. Compass Media has been getting things going with with college basketball as well. They've got a game uh, at least once a week. Uh, Cal Yeomans and Doug Gottlieb run their most recent broadcast of Baylor and Texas Tech. So, you know, more opportunities, you know, if you want to, you know, kind of study the craft of radio um, announcing, you know, it, it's cool to hear these calls of, of college hoops as well. Yeah, and uh, as we mentioned, there's a lot of offerings out there. Compass Media, ESPN, Westwood One. You know, Westwood One actually – has a college basketball offering on Saturday night at the same time as the NFL playoff game. So I don't know how many stations are picking that up. It's Illinois and Indiana. Uh, I think that is on – no, it's Tennessee and LSU, excuse me, uh, on Saturday night at 8.15. I don't that's know the, – That's the ESPN radio game. Oh, that's, excuse Mike. me, ESPN yeah. radio. Kessler and Adams game. on that one. Right, so I don't know how many people would be picking that game up uh, up against the uh, football game, but it just shows you the show goes on, and there's some people out there that just love their college hoops. Tennessee, LSU, uh, Mark Kessler and Mark Adams will do uh, that game. All right. We're and getting- in, in some cases, Mike, is it the case in some markets where there's more than one um, sports talk station that one of them might be an ESPN radio affiliate and they'll they'll kind of always go could with be. the ESPN radio game and then the other one will go with the Westwood one game? Yeah, it could be. And like we're in a situation. So it, it, just to peel the curtain back on our situation, we are an Eagles affiliate. So we carry the Eagles feed. We're also a Westwood one affiliate. But because we have the Eagles game and they play at night, we cannot fit the Westwood One basketball game in on Saturday before the Eagles game because we're contractually obligated to carry one hour of pregame. So, obviously, the Eagles kick off at 8.15. We have to start the broadcast at 7. The Westwood One game would cross 7 o'clock. So, ESPN, which we are an affiliate of, is offering a college basketball game in the 3.30 slot. So we will take the college basketball game instead of the football game because the college basketball game will end around 5.30, 6 o'clock, which gives us clearance. Because if you don't carry the basketball game, you are stuck carrying Pod Center as the filler for not carrying the basketball They don't have like a live program on in its place because they're offering the basketball game. If you decide, I don't want to air the basketball game, well, you're getting Pod Center, which is just like a canned – podcast that has possibly could be a week or two old that's just running on your station so we're going to air I think it's TCU in Kansas on Saturday and the early ESPN radio game on Saturday yep yeah and then after it right after it there's another game that I think that they're airing sometime so there's a lot of reasons yes you could have an ESPN station that is an affiliate like we are of an Eagles the Crosstown Station, which we don't have in our market, they could have the Westwood One rights, that kind of stuff. Gotcha. Yeah. Makes sense. Uh, all right. Well, let's. Uh, we got a listener question or two before we want to get out of here today. Don't forget, we're on the Sports Media Watch feed. Like, rate, review, subscribe. How about a five-star rating? That would be very nice, right? Uh, if you do that, we can keep on going. We have episode 32 right here. We'd love to get to episode 102 and 202, but you guys helping us out with that would be helpful. And uh, how about Marianne in Austin, Texas? 
Yeah, great to hear from uh, Marianne. Uh, she says, great podcast, very informative. What does the NFL and college football production teams do during the offseason? Is there that much work in other sports? I'm thinking about baseball mainly for them to have constant and consistent work. Well, I mean, I guess that's up to each individual person, right? I mean, uh, you are someone who does some behind-the-seeds stat stuff. I mean, do you do multiple sports in that field? Yeah, um, most of us, I think, do. You know, so I think I think most folks, whether you're, you know, so, so there's a couple categories when it comes to, to production uh, folks. You know, you're either a full-time employee of the network, which case, you know, you obviously are going to be assigned all sorts of you know, um, uh, games across all sorts of sports to keep the calendar full, or, you know, you're, you're um, more by contract, part-time, freelance, that kind of thing. And in those cases, you know, a lot of us, like myself, you know, have day jobs. Um, but, uh, you know, you're always looking for opportunities. And, you know, I think the more well-rounded you can be and, and willing to work, um, you know, um, each and every sport that that might have an opportunity, you know, that, you know, obviously the the more lucrative that will be, but also just the, the you know, the further along you'll get in your career. You know, there's there's an old old saying, you know, you, you go where they uh, tell you to, you know, in this business. Yeah. You, know, you don't ask questions if they say, hey, we need somebody to do, you know, um, you know, softball or lacrosse or, you know, whatever the sport might be. Um, you don't say no no to gigs unless obviously you've got, you know, some sort of conflict or something, but um, you know, that that's a good kind of adage to go by, but the answer is yes. And certainly you're correct, Marianne, you know, the baseball season, you know, that just the, the quant quantity of games, you know, the length of the baseball season, you know, can really uh, take care of business quite a bit. If you're able to catch on with somebody uh, for a full major league baseball season, you know, wow, that that's a lot of assignments. And, you know, if you're a freelancer, you know, um, you know, certainly a lot of opportunity for you to, you know, to to uh, take care of business outside of the football season. Yeah. Uh, obviously, when when I always ask young people ask me, give me, you know, what's an advice, something that you can give me. And I always say any opportunity that comes, say yes. Just yep, say yes. That's it. Right. Uh, don't ask how much am I getting paid? Ask that later. Find out later. You might not get paid at all. But if somebody says, hey, are you available? Just always say yes. Your availability puts you at the top of the list. Your ability to do multiple things puts you even higher on the list. So uh, that would be some advice there. All right. There you go. Episode 32 in the books uh, with uh, a lot of football, the NBA. Uh, we will be getting into baseball soon. We are about a month away from pitchers and catchers. Uh, so we'll have some baseball stuff, obviously, in the next month or so. Uh, basketball playoffs will be here before we know it. Hockey playoffs will be here before we know it. But the NFL playoffs winding down with the divisional round this week. All right, Phil, uh, anything else we want to add before we uh, clean this one up? Just one final shout-out. Uh, Chuck Swirsky, the Chicago Bulls play-by-play -play, uh, announcer this past week, called his 2,000th nba game so uh you know that's obviously a big number a big milestone for uh for chuck swirsky with the chicago bulls he you know he was with the the raptors uh prior to the bulls and so uh just wanted to, to give a hat tip to, to 
and Mr. Chuck Swirsky. Congratulations on uh, reaching that milestone. All right. Uh, obviously, uh, plenty of news out there that we will continue to look for and talk about right here on the Announcer Schedule Podcast, Episode 32 for Phil. I'm Mike. Have a great rest of your week, everybody. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big.